on ESPN 25 there's definitely people that showed how it was done around here and we get to break it all down people so buckle up and let's go A lot of people wondered, right, can UFC on ESPN 25 EG V Zombie, can it live up to, um, you know, what we just had in the pay-per-view, you know, the Brandon Moreno fight, right, can it live up to stuff like that, because when you looked at the card, there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of up-and-coming up and coming even Some younger talent here And you know Were they able to Take it up to that next level And it, hey, 12 fights 6 finishes Right 12 fights 6 finishes And then just Some absolute Wars Some absolute wars people Right, when you look at this card, yo, I think it delivered, right? I think we had a great lot of matchups, you know what I mean? So, um, hey, who, where to start? That's the question, because it all got, whoa, all got kind of crazy. Now, I, I, I think, because there are great fights to get into... I think we should start off with a fight that maybe, maybe, like, people got a little wrong. I don't know. I don't know, people. You tell me. You tell me what you thought about this one, right? So we had two heavyweight fights on the card. But our first outing of the big men was between Josh Parisian and Rock Martin. And... Hey, listen, I will say this fight, it was definitely a close one. It's definitely a close one. Ended in a split decision. And I've got to say, I, I did feel that it went the wrong way. Now, listen, I, I'm sure a lot of people will be, you know, looking that it, it went well. It went how it should have been. And two judges did give it to Josh Parisian. But I thought Rock Martin had done enough. Now, the interesting for me with this fight was Martin was the one pushing forward. Martin was the one pushing forward and really keeping that pace. I think he understood he, he had the reach disadvantage. He's on that two-fight losing skid, so he needs he needs to do something here. And you kind of, when you look at it, he did everything he could, apart from a knockout finish, right? Everything he could to get that decision. He's pushing for after the fight. You feel that my um sorry Parisian. Was the one that looked the most fucked up. Right? Which, I, 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 you know, I might be wrong. But I thought that was in the new unified rules. You know, damage. Right? So you got to look at it and think the Parisian took the most damage. Now, I will give it to Parisian. Because even though he was clearly tired... 
clearly tired from that second round onwards, which I did think was a problem, right? But he was clearly tired, but he, he was still trying all the way through. I say it's a problem just because that's what happened to Prison in his last fight against Parker Porter. So you'd have thought he'd have worked on that element of his game. Thought he'd work on that gas tank, even though he came in at 266, right? Came in at 266, which is heavy. But yeah, you know, we've seen some people be big, but can still go, can still go well those three rounds and go well as in they're not huffing and puffing after the first, right? So I was surprised that Parisian, you know, his gas tank is still an issue, right? And the other thing I think that really stood out, he he wasn't really utilising his reach, you know, you could see Martin's game plan was to get in close, get in close and land, if he could get it on the fence and land, even better, and so he would try and implement that. Now, Parisian, he he did find those moments to reverse the position on the fence. For, the, for a lot of the opportunities, he didn't step back into space. Right? You think, step back into... Step back into space, right? And land that jab, land some kicks, do, do everything from range... Where you're not going to get hit. Right? But he wasn't looking to do that for the most part. Now, I understand, listen. If you're tired, yeah, lying on the fence does seem like it's a decent opportunity, right? But if he's, you know, at range landing that jab, landing a front kick, say, he he's not going to get hit. And it, it's... You know, it's not the crazy amount of energy. So you even you think that that is a clear option to do when you're tired. You know, I mean, keep someone off you. Throw those punches. Throw that jab. That kick, and it's golden. But that's not what we saw happening. So yeah, I was definitely. I was definitely surprised that Parisian got the call. Because in close, Martin was like, la- oh, Martin was landing a great uppercut throughout the fight. A great uppercut and really just throwing. Like good overhand. Hey, Parisian was landing good shots too. Parisian was landing good shots. You know, but I, I felt that Yeah, Martin had just done way more damage. Way more damage and was landing with the heavier shots. I think it was in the third round that you looked at it and you thought, oh, fuck, I think Martin's hurt him. Right? So, yeah, it it was just, just surprising it went down the way it did. You know, as I said, look, I'm not going to call it a robbery, but I, I was definitely... Definitely surprised. Now, we had some straight-up wars. We had some straight-up wars on the card. I mean, the first of them had to be... Well, now, I'm, I'm talking about the wars that didn't end in a stoppage. Because we had some crazy fights that then ended. You know what I mean? Um... I, I, I'm looking at Matt Brown and Diego Lima, you know, but, yeah, we had some that weren't stopped, you know, it went, went the full distance, and the first of those crazinesses, and this one was a surprise, trust me, it was the welterweight clash between Matt Semmelsberger and Chaos Williams, because I think, boy, if you would if you had, you know, surveyed a hundred people, two hundred would have said this is ending in a stoppage. You feel me? 
<laughs> it was it's, it's just one of them fights. But in no way, in no way was this an Ungano Derek Lewis. No, 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 no. This this fight delivered. This fight was great. It was a motherfucking war. It was a motherfucking war, people. Yo, man, I, I listen, listen, right? So, I I think straight out the gate, you knew, right? You knew there was some shit going down because hands were flying, and Williams he came up with. A, a right and some leg kicks. A right and some leg kicks. And you're just like, woo, okay. <laughs> okay. Shit. My days. There was so much leather getting thrown. And um, Williams was putting together these long combos, these flurries. He just burst forward and he was connecting, really connecting, right? Now, it was great, right? It, it was definitely a, a, a good look. And then Semmelsberger would try and get into space, but Williams, he's not letting him have that. He's not letting you have that. He would then close the distance with another flurry. You know, he did look like he hurt Semmelsberger in that first round. You know, Semmelsberger did start to then land a nice counter right, which it it was there. It was there. You know, he hit a nice counter uppercut too. I think for Semmelsberger. He he wasn't throwing enough, but there was always that worry because Williams was, you know, mixing things up, right? So he was doing the kicks, you know, the, the shots from different angles. I think he he kind of fainted a lot and and you know gave the inkling of possibly a takedown. He didn't really go for any, but there was that hint of, which kept Semmelsberger on his feet, now, what was worrying in the fight, right, because, yeah, I saw Williams throw those shots, but he, he, he would, you know, not bring his hands back, and even his corner was like, yo, when you put it out there, it's got to come back, <laughs> you know what I mean, because, hey, and that's something you're always shown, you're always shown, you're always shown, right, you, you bring your jab straight back, straight back to the chin, you know, you're protecting your face, you know, and, and Williams, he'd throw these flurries, and then he'd, you know, Leave his hands down a bit So that's how He was then getting caught With that counter right That uppercut Some of those big shots right? And you're just thinking Oh I, you mean, I, I, I could see this ending you know, Whether it's Williams getting a knockout Or Semmelsberger Because Williams ain't protecting himself Completely You know so it made some interesting shit, and, and you're watching it, and you you got to give it to Semmelsberger, because he ate some shots, he really ate some shots, now, I will say, when Williams was getting tagged, he was moving with the shot a lot of the time, which I definitely feel helped the situation, right, definitely helped the situation, but... Man, <laughs> well, we we saw some shit happen. We definitely saw some shit happen. Level was flying. Level was flying. I don't know if we got a um a shot count, but it would definitely have been interesting to see how many were landed in that fight. You know, I I didn't think um. Semmelsberger won a round to be honest And that's not to say that he didn't do anything You know But I, I just thought that Yeah 
Williams was really on top of his game. So one judge, he gave it to Williams 30-27. The other two gave it 29-28. Yeah, I do think it was 30-27. But it was... It wasn't a, uh, you know what I mean, like a walkover. It wasn't that. Definitely not that. But yeah, Williams won that motherfucking war. Because, boy, it was a motherfucking war. So, our next craziness. And this one ended in a split decision, right? It was our uh, sole light, um, light heavyweight clash on the card. Alexa Kamar and uh, Nikolai Negumarno. Uh, I butchered that, I realise. So, yeah, this was a split decision, but I will say, right, I don't think it was a split, but, but, I do feel that um, Negumarno was lucky not to lose a point. He was definitely lucky not to lose a point in this one because whew, he he was called on holding that fence a lot. Oh my god, so many warnings, which is crazy. I do feel it's I you know what I mean just don't warn. Because every this this is the thing, right? They get the warning out the back. And everyone knows, don't hold a, like, everyone knows that these are the things that you cannot do, right, these aren't their first fights, right, they're not the first fights, so they know, and, um, yeah, it's, it's insane, like, listen, I remember when I used to work at a cinema, right, and the rule was, you would give people, I think, free warnings for noise in screens and shit like that. Listen, when I took over, I was like, nah, <laughs> I ain't running it like that. Because everyone knows how you're meant to act in public. So I just kicked motherfuckers out, right? And trust me, uh, after a little bit, Shit changes. <laughs> because people understand. Oh, we can't fuck around. Right? We can't fuck around. And I do believe. If you were to. You know. If points got taken. Straight. Right? Then everyone would be like. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you know. So we, we wouldn't see. Some of the shit we're seeing. You know? I, I, I think that's the thing. Now. With this fight. Because, yes, we're, we tangent away from it. But with this fight, Kamar, he came out the gate looking slick as a motherfucker. He really did. He was moving, jiving, jabbing. Man, he, he, he was putting it together like a Lee. Putting it together like a Lee. And you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't even think Nikolai's got a chance here. You know, and especially, you know, um, what, he'd been out for three years with injuries and shit. So you just thought, oh man, I think Aleska, uh, he might have too much. You know, he's looking so comfortable out there. Right? And Nikolai's a little bit, he's a little ploddy, he's a little stiff. I don't know, I think he's going to need, you know, another fight to kind of get into the flow of things, because, uh, you know, Aleska was looking so good, but I think what really stood out was the difference in the power, right, Nikolai's power was, oh, that was some concussive shit, and we saw him I think it was like, I don't know, midway, maybe just over midway. He um he lands a good shot. Lands a good shot on Alaska and hurts him. And that 
that changed everything. It, it, it changed everything, right? Because um, you then saw Kumar, like, realise, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, right? Now, Nikolai got a takedown, and he's land, he lands some, you know, ground and pound. Now, Aleska did a good job of getting back up, but after taking that ground and pound and those big shots beforehand, completely different fighter, completely different fighter, because you you see him slow down. Because this, you can have the best cardio, right? You can have the best cardio in the world, but as soon as you start getting hit and hurt, that's going to slow you, right? Just that. That's going to slow you. That's going to take away some of that gas tank. And we saw it happen. Because now Nikolai is landing a whole heap more than he was. Whole heap more. Right? And I think you saw with Kumar, uh, you know, he can move and he can land. He's not hurting Nikolai though. Right? That was a big thing. Aleska was not hurting Nikolai. Nikolai hurting Aleska. Right? And so we just saw, you know, Nikolai move forward. He was like, um, you know, one of them classic Hollywood bad guys. You know, like a, a Jason Vord. Is it Jason Vordes? Jason Vordes? You know, someone like that. You know what I mean? You see those horror films and the person's running, running so fast and they look around and he's there. <laughs> he's there plodding. And they're just like, what do I have to do? Right? And and, and that's what you kind of got the sense of. And let's just like, what do I have to do? I'm moving. I can't get rid of this dude. And Nikolai was just battering him. Battering him. Now, I will give Aleska mad props for sticking it out, staying in that fight. Yeah, I, I think with one like this, he needs to just, I don't know, sit down on them shots a little more. Or, you know, he was trying to for takedown, but he just couldn't land. But he, he just wants to do... He needed that one thing to give Nikolai pause. And, he, you know, the way he was landing shots and moving, that weren't giving Nikolai pause, you know? So, yes. It was a fit decision. I don't believe it was, right? Because even with that first round, which Aleska was winning, you know, as soon as he got hit and taken down, whole whole different round. So you could have said maybe Aleska took that one. I, I I think you know Nikolai probably did, but after that, I don't know what Aleska won. You know, it it was just Nikolai was just man, just way too strong and landing. The heavier, better shots, you know. So, hey, the decision was right. It went to the right fighter. I just, yeah, just wasn't a split decision for me. But hey ho, these things happen. And our other war, our other war, people. Jesus Christ, the first. I believe their first fight. Was um a fight of the night, right? I believe it was, you know, and this rematch between Davy Grant and Marlon Vieira, yo, that fight was a bananas. It really was. It was back and forth. It was great. So this fight, it was so close. It was so close. And then Vieira kind of took over. Right? But I kind of thought those first two rounds. You know? Like Grant came out with... Boy. 
a, a real versatile attack, landing some uh, you know great variety of kicks, inside outside leg kicks. You know he was countering well, and he he was doing good. You know throwing in some wheel kicks, some spinning back kicks, front kicks. He was really mixing it up, old Davy Grant people. Really mixing it up, which was, you know, fun. It was fun. And Vieira was, you know, he's landing his own. But I, I think one big thing that was there was Vieira's leg kicks. Because although Grant was landing his leg kicks, he's landing the kicks and moving, right? But Vieira was sitting down on those kicks. And Jace, his leg kicks were nasty, straight nasty, right? And that was a problem. You know what I mean? That was definitely a problem. And you could see that he was damaging Grant's lead leg. He he was damaging Grant's lead leg. So you know, up until that point, he was still super close. They're still back and forth, throwing, doing their thing. And, and you're just like, yo, I don't know which way this is going. Because they're both having a little thing. And when it went to the ground, again, they both had their moments. Right? Both had their moments. So it, it was interesting. Now, I think it started to turn at the end of that second round. Because... You know, Grant, he'd, uh, you know, he'd, he'd gotten the takedown, he, he'd avoided the triangle and all of that, landed elbows, went for a guillotine, right, and um, I think he went for a toehold, right, and Vieira, he, he utilised the heel hook to get on top, and then he was landing Big shots, big shots, uh, and I think you, you saw in that third round that, yeah, Grant was tired, Grant was tired come the third round, he'd eaten all of them big shots at the end of the second, and it wasn't for long, it was just as soon as Vieira had the opportunity he was throwing. He wasn't fucking around. So he, he's landing these big shots. Right? So, yeah, come that third. And Vieira was able to stuff takedown attempts. Right? And he stuffed them and then just bullied his way on top. And was just landing. Right, oh my gosh, and and that was the thing, you could see then Grunt, he just didn't have the energy to finish a shoot properly, he didn't have the energy to scramble back up, so it was just giving Vieira those opportunities, and Vieira was, ew, <laughs> he wasn't holding back, wasn't holding back one bit. You know, so I think Vieira, although some of the rounds, you know, those first two, they were close. That third, nah, that third was was, was a straight, straight one for Vieira. Now, I thought the judging was odd in this one. I thought the judging was odd, right? So... Who were the judges? Let, let me try and get their names. So we had Michael Bell, Derek Clearly, and Rick Winter. Now, Bell gave it 29-27 to Vieira. So he gave the first round to Grant, fair. He gave the second round, you know, to um, Vieira. He gave the third round to Vieira, but a 10-8, Right? Now, Derek Cleary gave all rounds to Vieira. First two ten nine, the last ten eight. I I don't know how you give that first round to Vieira. 
it was it was close, but I thought Grant had probably done enough to take it, you know. Um, and then Winter, he gave it twenty nine twenty eight, which you know I I definitely think twenty nine twenty eight is fair. I I do kind of think yeah there were. De- I think Vera was landing a lot in that third, so I can I understand the ten eight, right? I do understand the ten eight, but yeah, not giving the first round to Grant, that's a little, yeah, that was a little weird, that was a little weird. But goddamn, goddamn, you know, was it a war? Was it a great? It definitely lived up to the hype. Here ain't like both of them fighters, and even there's you know we heard them both from Believe You and Me. There was no heat between them. Didn't matter. We still got an incredible fight, and that that's the main thing. But yet yeah, those three fights. You know what I mean Vieira Grant, um, Kumar Negamano, and uh, Williams Semmelberger. All incredible fights. I think when you open up the card with, um, you know, like two stoppages, boy, yes, you you have a feeling that we could be on to something fun here. And yeah, that's what happened, right? So our first fight of the night, it was uh, Laura Propopkiai. Against Casey O'Neill, flyweight clash, and with this one, you kind of felt right. This could be O'Neill's coming out, could be a coming out. Same for uh, Propopkiai, right? But it was the opportunity for either of these ladies to um, show the flyweight division. Hey, we be here, right? We be here, and. Man, it was a great fight, right? So, uh, both came out looking to engage. Looking to engage, you know, O'Neill. Man, she she was coming forward. You know, she was throwing shots, getting that clinch. But Propopokriya, you know, in that clinch, she was landing good knees. You know, O'Neill was mixing it up, but Propopokriya hit a Big right early. Oh, a big right early. And she just seemed to be getting off the bigger, better shots. You know, she's hitting some good counters and all of that. You know, um, O'Neill, she was dropping her guard a lot. Dropping her guard a lot when she was throwing. A bit like Chaos Williams, you know? She throw those big shots, but then not bringing her hands back. And you're thinking, ooh, that, that, that's going to be a problem, man. Eh? That's going to be a problem. Now, Propopokai, she got a takedown, right? Got a good takedown, and it was landing some good shots. O'Neill, boom, utilised a, a very good butterfly guard to get back up. Man, but neither were taking that step back. Neither taking that step back. But yeah, you're thinking, oh, Propopokai had that first round. And it was at a pace. It was at a pace. And that, I think that was the undoing of Propopokai. Because... O'Neill could keep the pace. That was the big thing that we see. So he, in the second round, it wasn't a horrendous drop-off, but you notice that Propokriai had slowed down slightly, just marginally, just marginally, but it was enough, and O'Neill came out aggressive, was really landing, you know, a good mixture of punches and kicks. Now that left her open. Left her open. Propopkai got a takedown. But O'Neill had a really active guard and was hitting a lot of elbows from the bottom, which enabled her to be able to get back up. And once she was up, man, she was just 
attacking, just attacking, yeah, which, um, phew, you know what I mean, it, it, it was crazy, um, Popopokai got, um, O'Neill got Popopokai down, was landing some good elbows, O'Neill then went for a toehold, that was where the toehold was, not the Grant Vieira fight, it was this one, so she got a toehold, and, um, but when you're fucking around with the legs, you're leaving your own legs open. And Popokriai went for a heel hook. O'Neill was able to avoid, and she ended around dropping a go around and pound. So it's all about the third. And you're thinking, oh, hey, what's going to happen here? You know, it looked like the tide had turned. And yeah, O'Neill was just continuing to pour on that pressure, just pour on that pressure, she gets a takedown, and she had, she had a crucifix, more or less, right, but it was in the weirdest kind of uh, positions, you know, It, it was like, I don't even know, yeah, a reverse half nail. I don't know. It, it was an odd one. It was an odd one, but it was working. But she was getting off some heavy shots. You know, Popopkai. She was able to escape, but O'Neill stuck with her. Stuck with her was on the back. On the back. Transition to a mount, but then went back to the back. Got a body triangle. You know, and, and Popopkai stood up. Stood up with uh, O'Neill on her back, which, I mean, you you have to be in the right place to do it. Sometimes you can do it and use the fence to get someone off your back, but that's not what Popkai was doing, you know? So O'Neill was then just able to land shots, and she got the arm underneath the chin, Got the arm underneath the chin, and you just saw Popopkai just, you know, she sunk to the ground, and you're thinking, okay, can she get her off, or what, no, no, she, boy, I don't know, they were on the ground for a few seconds, and it was done, Popopkai was out cold, out cold, so great win for O'Neill. I will say, though, right, there are times, you know, when someone wins by submission, they just put the opponent to sleep, instead of being super, you know, you want to jump up and throw your arms in the air straight away, listen, everyone knows you've won, right, everyone knows you've won, maybe just take your time, take your time to get out from underneath someone, Okay, because, listen, they, you just put them out cold. You just put them out cold. And you, if it, if the shoe was on the other foot, you wouldn't want someone just pushing you off, like, throwing you out, essentially, so you could just be like, yeah, I'm the winner, because we know you're the winner. You know what I mean? Eh, I don't know. It, it, it just thinks sometimes people just slow down a little. Slow down a little, Right? Help the person you've just choked out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's no way people can look at it and go, ooh, maybe that person... No, no, no. It, it's, it's a clear who won. So just slow, slow it down. Slow it down. And um, let that other person... Let, let them have a little dignity. You know what I mean? Just let them have a little bit of dignity. But definitely, Casey O'Neill, man, she she is looking very good. Definitely not ready for a Shevchenko, but boy, she's looking good. So from there, the flyweight, we go to the lightweight. As we've got our Joaquim Silva against a returning Rick the gladiator Glenn, who we haven't seen in, boy, a long-ass time, right, a long-ass time, and, you know, he, he's been out the cage for a while, but 
yeah, he wasn't in the cage for very long with this one. Oh, my gosh. So straight, they were both looking to engage. Glenn, you know, he, he went for the legs, leg kicks. Silver, he he tried for a flying, uh, kind of a flying kick, right? Uh, a, a double dragon type move, you know? He, he went for that. Uh, didn't get, but he's pushing forward. Pushing forward, being super aggressive. And walked on to a right hand from Glenn. Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, uh, and, man, that fucked up Silver. Right? Silver's down. Glenn just continued to pepper Silver. Who, hey, mad props, he got up. Right? He got up, which was a surprise. And then just Glenn continued to land on him, hit an uppercut, silver face planted. That one is Dunn's deal. Oh my gosh. It it was a, a super great return for Ricky Boy Glenn. Less than a minute finished that fight. Super impressive. Now, we then had um, our next stoppage was with the strawweights, right? We had Kanako Murata against uh, Verna Janjaroba. And, uh, yeah, I think you just looking at this fight, you knew it was going to be a fun one. But, boy. Now, Janjaroba came. I mean, she just looked amped. She looked so friggin' amped for this one. She really did. And was putting it together. Like, she stunned Murata early. Was really just coming at her. And, that, I don't know. I'd, I'd forgotten how good uh, Janjaroba's hand to her. You know, I, I forgot about that aspect of her fight with Dern. But, um, yeah, it definitely showed how impressive her stand-up was. But he kind of felt, as the fight went on, Murata started to get into it a bit more. Right? And so, Murata wasn't doing too bad. You know? It it went to the ground in that second round. And, um, you know, they, they, we've seen some good change, exchanges. You know, Murata was showing some good footwork. Right? Um, Changi Robo landed a good head kick, you know, Murata hit a good right, but it went to the ground, went to the ground, and we just saw, oh, we saw some fun exchanges, you know, we saw some fun exchanges, but the problem was, it, it was, ah, what those exchanges do to you, right, you can get out of some deep, some deep shit, but sometimes, although you didn't tap, although nothing got broken, those ligaments got fucked, and you didn't notice it straight away, I think it was Dominic Cruz, who, who was just like, um, Marauder's not moving her arm, right, her right arm, she, it was down, he, he, he was down on the side, and you just saw, oh, shit, she cannot move that arm, you know, he said she wasn't, couldn't throw with it, couldn't defend herself, and, um, yeah, Jane G. Rover was just, started to land, now, Murata was doing a decent job of, um, you know, avoiding shots and landing some stuff, but as soon as that round ended, the doctor came over to her, and was just like, um, you know, because he'd asked her a question and she tried to shrug it off and walk past him. And he was like, no, 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 no. And he, he grabbed her arm and, yeah, it was done. As soon as he went in on the arm, you knew, oh, uh, yeah, this is done. Because at no point in that round did she then move her arm, right? It, it wasn't even one of those ones where you weren't quite sure. And then after the fight, you'd find out, oh, shit, that arm was... Fu no, arm wasn't moving. The doc saw it, and, yeah, it was done. So, Yanji Rover got it. 
And it, yeah, it, it was tough, man. You felt bad for Murata because you could see that although she started slow, she was she'd gotten back into the fight, right? She'd gotten back into things, so it wasn't a done deal here. But yeah, that when that arm was plucked, yeah, you know, what I mean, it was only going one way. So uh, uh, you know, a good win for Zhangjiroba. I don't know if she'd really want to win in that fashion, but it was from her jiu-jitsu that it, it kind of came. So, you know, hey, you, you can't knock the win, right? So uh, our next fun outing was the first fight on the main card. Right, it was those welterweights, Diego Lima and Matt Brown, and this fight, whew, this fight brought the fun, oh my gosh, it really did, it really did, Brown came out, you know what I mean, he took center, and um, yeah, they, they were just throwing, he's landed some good head kicks, some leg kick, head kicks, leg kicks even, you know what I mean? Um, body kicks. Lima was going with the legs. You know, we were having some fun exchanges. You know, now, it's funny. There's Brown, he'd been talking on Unfiltered, how he was changing. He changed his style up. And we'd seen that. You know, he, he wasn't just the war Matt Brown that you, you used to see back in the day. He was definitely... You know, looking to keep his composure in there, you know, do his thing, and and we saw that, right? So you kind of you were looking at his fight, thinking, yeah, you know what, it, it's a, it's a good back and forth. We're seeing some even skills here, right? But we're in the second round. I think we're about halfway through, halfway through. You know, having some good exchanges. And Brown, he faints the left. And then connects with an overhand right. That just turned Lima's lights off. Lima just flays punts. I mean, he just crashes down. You're like, what the fuck? Right, because there wasn't, I don't think there was at that point anyone in the fight who were like, oh, that person is killing it. It was back and forth, it was fun, right? It was close, it was good. Now, I think Brown was winning, but not to the point where, oh, he is running rough shot over Lima. No, Lima was still in the fight, and he just landed that right hand uh, just... Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was some brutal shit, people. It was straight up brutal and for fun. And I'll tell you what was fun. Then after that fight, oh my gosh. So we had um, Wellington Terman against Bruno Silva. And I think the talk was, so this is a middleweight clash. And I think they're both saying that they'd, they'd met before. In grappling, which Silver had won. And I think one would say it was closer than the other. You know, but, you know, Silver's making his debut. Making his debut in the promotion. And you're just like, how is this going to go? Right? How is this going to go? Because, you know, Silver, he's he's not a, a young dude. He's not crazy old, he's 31, but he, he's the elder of the two, you know, Terman's 24, um, but yeah, both super aggressive, you can see there was, there's a little heat, there's a little heat, they both really wanted this one, you know, and Terman, he was doing a decent job, comes out, you know what I mean, hits a nice uh, body kick, and um you know, gets inside for the takedown, right, he uh, picks up Silver, slams him, right, but can't hold him down, Silver is straight back up, uh, reverses the position, right, 
Terman, he, he's defending with a Kamora. So, you know, they both know what they're doing in there, right? Both know what they're doing. They're both, you know, showing off their skills, right? And we know they're both good grapplers, right? So we get some back and forth on that front, right? They're both going for those takedowns and all of that shenanigans. Some fun shit. Some fun shit, right? But So they're back on their feet, right? Back on their feet. And uh, then Silver gets another takedown, right? Go another takedown, and he's in the guard and he's landing some ground and pound, right? Land some shots, right? But it's all fine. And then he hits these two left hooks, these two left hooks that were just. Vicious Right Everything before this point Was fine But these two The first left Oh the first left shook The second left It it turned the switch off Man Turman was Out And you're like What just happened there It, It was Oh man it was vicious It really was you're just like, shit, son. That's some nasty ass shit. It was crazy. It was crazy. And uh, yeah, Silver, what a debut. What a debut. And you're thinking, how do we top that? Right? So our, our, our second knockout in a row. Coming off the back of, uh, you know, a war between, um, you know, Nikolai and Aleska, right? So, where do we go from here? Well, we have a flyweight clash between Juliana Rosa and Song Wu Choi. So, you're just like, okay, that's going to be a fun one. That's going to be a fun one, man. These featherweights, boy, the featherweights have been delivering on the fights of late. So, uh, hey, I have to say, right, I I knew this was going to be a fun fight. I forgot how fast, you know, Wu's hands were. Because, goddamn, they were fast, right? He he sent a couple of shots, just whizzing past the Rosa early. And you're just like, okay, (laughs) okay, right? But... Then he, he hits another couple that connect. Another couple that connect. Arosa was just like, I I I see you. I see you. I can do that shit too. Right? And he lands his own. But you know uh Man Choi, he's like, ah, alright, no worries, no worries. Because you could see he had the speed advantage. He had that speed advantage. And Choi faints, hits a right, right? Then hits a left that flattens Erosa, flattens him. He landed a couple of hammer fists and it was Dunsville. The ref calls that fight. Kind of felt... Hey, could have been called without a hammer fist, to be fair. It was brutal. But, man, Sung Woo Choi really, really put himself out there as a big threat. A big threat in this division. Especially with those hands. And you think old Sting, you know, he he now extends himself to a three-fight winning streak... You know, after losing his first two UFC fights, he is just, he's just shone. He is just shone. And you just think, I I think we need to put him with, uh, you know, someone up there. You know, we definitely need to put him with someone up there to, to have some little challenge, right? Because he's skilled. I would not 
be mad at a fight between him and a zombie. You know, but that's definitely not going to happen next. But, hey, that would be a fun one, right? Definitely a fun one. And, you know, those were some, oh, tremendous finishes. Tremendous finishes, people. So the co-main event, right? We had the polar bear against the boa constrictor. You know, Sergey Spivak against Aleski Olenek. Right, heavyweights going at it. You know, the youngster against the uh, the granddad. You know, <laughs> I mean, the difference in the age. You know, so Spivak is twenty six, and Olenek is forty three. I believe soon to be forty four. So, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a difference there. And I will say, Olenek didn't do bad when you consider how old he is, right? He he was landing shots. He has a weird style. You know, he's not really avoiding stuff, just lowering the head. Lowering the head, making you punch him on top, which, you know, could fuck up your hands. Right, so he's just marching forward. You could see what he wanted to do. He he wanted to get Spivak up against the fence in a head and arm, standing head and arm, drag him down, you know, something like that. And and Spivak, he was landing these jab and doing stuff. But I kind of thought that it was close. It it was close until it wasn't, you know what I mean, kind of thing, there's that third round, the third round was really when Spivak just separated himself, you know, which I, I think you, you know, it, it shows on the judges, all the judges, all three gave it 29-28 to Spivak, and that makes a lot of sense, because come that third round, you could see the I think you could see that Olenek was tired. He he was tired, and um, yeah, he 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 was eating some shots. Spivak was landing more, really just putting it on him a bit more. But I I did think that there was probably opportunity for Spivak to end the fight if he really turned it on. And at no point did Spivak really put it on Olenek. You you didn't think that he was looking to end the fight. You just thought he wanted to, firstly, just not get caught, not get submitted, which I get that, right? But once Olenek was getting tired, you just think... Alright, if, if Spivak can put together a, a flurry of shots, you know, if he can get him down and drop some ground a pound, he could probably get a stoppage here. And we didn't see him try that. We didn't see him try that. And listen, a win is a win. So that's all good. But I, I, I think to move yourself into a position for a title shot or to get in that conversation you needed to you needed to try and end that fight and we didn't see Spivak try and do that so you know he he still got some stuff to do still definitely got some stuff to do but you know this wasn't a bad win for Spivak here but I think the, the most intriguing fight on the card it was definitely that main event, right? Definitely that main event. Chang Song Young, the Korean zombie, against Dan Heek. So, uh, you know, Young was coming off a, 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 you know, well, we hadn't seen him since the Brian Ortega fight. And Eek, we had seen him, you know, just that war with Calvin Cader, you know, which... He lost, but whew, it was a war. It was a war. 
and you still thought, hey, even though it was a loss, he he still he hasn't lost much, hadn't lost much momentum, you know, especially off the back of that what six fight winning streak. So then he goes out and stops Gavin Tucker, which whew, sensational, sensational. So. You know, Eager just been coming in on a tear. He'd be coming in on a tear. So it was an interesting fight. But, man, it, it was crazy because the Eag that we had seen previously, we did not see in this fight. And what I, I don't mean that we'd see a, a bad quality Eag. Because he still, he landed some good shots. You know, we could see he landed some heavy shots. But we didn't see the loose, free-flowing eag that we have seen before. This one, it, it was that thing. And we've heard many people say it, right? That, yeah, yeah, fall in love with that KO. You know, you fall in love with knocking someone out. And you could see that he, he he looked tense. He looked like he just wanted to land that big shot and knock Zombie out. That seemed to be the big thing in this one. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, Zombie. We uh, it was it was funny because in that Ortega fight, you thought that Zombie was going to have the edge with the boxing. He thought Ortega should have the edge on the ground, um, Zombie on the feet. But no, Ortega was incredible on the feet. And Zombie just didn't seem like he had another game plan. Here, we saw the Zombie that we remember. You know what I mean? The, the Zombie that could put it together and come with more variety. Yeah, and, and and that was a big thing. He had variety. He was mixing his shots up. He was flowing. He looked loose. He looked smooth. Right? All those things that, unfortunately for Eeg, he didn't. Yeah, and he was able to put together a very, a very good win. You know, and it was pretty dominant, to be fair. Right? And and that's not to discredit Eag or anything like that, but yeah, you you gotta say that he just he 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 always looked like he was in control, you know. And I think that's what the judges pretty much showed. Now it's interesting because every judge gave the first round to Eag, which I don't I don't know. One judge gave the last round to Eek, which I don't know about. I don't know how you can do that. Sal Diamato, he gave the last round 10-9 to Eek. You know, and I just thought it was pretty clear that uh, Zombie just took it, you know. And as I said, look, that's not a discredit on um, what he can do. It just wasn't his night. He just couldn't. He just couldn't get off the ground here. You know, he he, he wasn't able to just give us the variety of strikes and attacks that we have seen in the past. Yeah, and maybe it was he'd fallen in love with the KO. Maybe it was just. I mean. We've he's had the main event before. This wasn't his first ever main event, but I think the magnitude of this one. Although I, you know, the the Cater one that was definitely one that was leading to a, a a title fight, right? So yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know why, but it just wasn't E tonight. You know, sometimes they happen. Sometimes, right, a fighter can still win when they're having a bad day. And other times, it, it just doesn't happen. But 
it's definitely not the last time we've seen Dan Egg. You know? And you can still look at Egg and think he has title potential for sure. But it is nice. I I do still feel it, it's it's nice seeing the zombie get it. Right? It's nice seeing the zombie get it. And you would like to see the zombie challenge. A, a Volkanovski, um, you know, or whoever will have the belt come, you know, September, I think they're fighting, right? Yeah, it, it'll be fun to see him challenge one of those two after Holloway gets his crack, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it, it, this was a um, dominant win, but it was a, a good fight to end a pretty spectacular card with some fun ass fights, which hey, definitely enjoyed. And the fun, real fun thing ended at three o'clock in the UK. Ended at three o'clock, so it wasn't one of them crazy ones. You know, what I mean? we 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 get to go to bed early, which is just like unheard of. <laughs> so, who gets? The uh, bonuses. Well, uh, you know, I don't think it's really any shock to say that Matt Brown and um, Song Wu Choi get get a fifty G's in their pocket. And again, with the fight of the night, Vieira Grant too. Yeah, not not really a surprise there. And you know, I I imagine that O'Neill. Glenn, you know, I, th- I would say that them, uh, Silver, they will probably get a little something, something in the, uh, in the post, you know, I would say, but yeah, fun night, definitely a good one to lead us into, um, next week, right, which is, uh, another huge card, Right, another huge card on the horizon, which, boy, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, Cyril Gann against uh, Nikolai Volkov, so, uh, fun one, people, which we'll be bringing to you on a Wednesday. Okay, people, so... That's it. We are done. Now, there's not um, there's not a lot of fights to uh, look over, but you know there's a couple, right? So um, Ramazan Imev, you know he's out, right? We we spoke about that the other last week, right? But Wally Alvarez gets to stay on next week's card because Jamiah Wells has stepped in as a late replacement also on that same card right Maxim Grisham again he he was announced out last week but again Ovin St. Prue he's uh he's sticking around and Tana Boza is uh, taking that fight right and this one's at heavyweight so uh definitely gonna be interesting because Bosa is one of the lighter heavyweights right so uh you know but Opru will have the reach advantage and the grappling I'm interested in that one people but we're done we will be back on Wednesday to break down Gan v Volkov so see you then peace